0: This is the Automation World Get Your Questions Answered podcast where we connect with industry experts to get the answers you need about industrial automation technologies. This podcast series is sponsored by Allied Electronics and Automation, carrying the most automation and control brand names in North America. Now the questions posed in this podcast series all come from automation technology users like yourself across the process and discrete manufacturing industries. I'm David Greenfield, Director of Content for Automation World, and the question we'll be tackling in this episode is Is open source software a good choice for small SCADA apps? Now, for years now, a sizable number of end users have been turning to open source software for a variety of reasons to break out of the confines of proprietary software, to allow for easier customization of their operations and just to avail themselves to the latest developments from a community of software developers committed to industrial operations software. And there's no shortage of industrial software companies adapting to this open-source software trend in response to the continuing upsurge in end-user interests. Now, of course, at the same time, there's also a good amount of hesitation around the idea of open-source software. For example, users are concerned about how secure is it, how dependable is it, How difficult is it to work with? So joining me for this podcast to discuss these issues are Benson Hoagland and Terry Orchard of Opto22, a supplier of hardware and software for industrial controllers, I.O., and mobile technologies. So let's start by getting an understanding, Benson, of where you're coming from as a representative of Opto22. And by that, I mean, how does the company view the trend around open source software for industrial applications?
1: Well, first, thanks for having us, uh, David. We're we're really excited to be uh, part of this podcast series uh, and address some of these uh, you know questions that we're hearing more and more of. Uh, I'd like to start off by you know giving you Opto 22s position on the notion of open source software, and uh, the reality is we're huge proponents of it. We uh, embrace the idea. We think that uh, open source uh, gives us a lot of flexibility in the types of solutions that we can provide our own customers who choose to use Opto 22 products in their uh, industrial applications, uh, whether it's SCADA, whether it's uh, process control, discrete manufacturing, um, what have you. A little background on our uh, open source involvement. We are a member of the Linux Foundation. Uh, We've also been uh, members of uh, various projects under the Linux Foundation umbrella. Uh, We're also um, future members of the uh, Eclipse organization, another open source uh, uh, group that uh, manages uh, open source applications. Uh, we make extensive use of, of open source technologies in our products. Uh, one of our most recent product introductions is a product called Groove Epic, or EPIC, which is Edge Programmable Industrial Controller. And on that, uh, you know, single device. I mean, we employ everything from the open source uh, Linux operating system with real time extensions, uh, uh, SQLite, uh, which is a uh, uh, MySQLite, which is a uh, open source database. I mean, uh, Jetty web servers, uh, Node Red, uh, and and probably some of the two technologies that we're getting a lot of interest in, the, and certainly in our industry and outside the industrial automation industry are uh, mqtt and uh, and they a, um, a definition a t- on topic namespace definition protocol called spark plug B, both of which happen to be open source. So uh, all these technologies are are built into this uh, into this Group epic industrial controller product uh, for the primary reason of of giving our customers and their applications uh, an opportunity to do really some new and exciting uh, applications, whether they're in uh, industrial IoT, whether they're in SCADA, uh, uh, whether again they're uh, traditional automation applications. So, uh, in wrapping that the long introduction up is, is simply saying uh, we're big proponents of of open
0: source technologies. Just as a follow up question to that, Benson, how would you say you know being a developer and a supplier of technologies? how much of your considerable involvement with open source software is based on end user input and expectations and how much is based on what you just see as a very viable and useful piece of technology that's uh, available in the market so it's it's really a blend of both i mean
1: uh, you know you think about uh, software development software engineering for any any company today uh, and and virtually there's really no companies left that that build a product you know, from scratch. I mean, that's just not realistic any longer. So, you know, we're not the first to embrace open source technologies. There's many companies out there that, you know, pull in uh, various open source uh, libraries, toolkits, SDKs. I mean, if you think about the communications model for even SCADA, Anything that's happening today over TCP/IP, I mean, that's that's an open, uh, open source type of technology. You can get a TCP/IP uh, stack from virtually anywhere. So it's driven, yes, a lot, a lot by the market, but not because the market is demanding open source so much. They're simply demanding new and exciting technologies to help address a number of given problems uh, that they're faced with in uh, industrial automation applications today, particularly those in SCADA because the, uh, the, the kind of open source um, technologies that are available to address communications in SCADA are, are, are really exciting. And, and again, getting kind of back to the, to the notion of, of MQTT. Um, and now from a developer perspective, in other words, you know, what kind of tools we look to to build out our own products and, and, and provide a, an end user solution or an integrator solution, uh, you know, there's, there's so many benefits uh, to, to these open source technologies uh, that they that people can you know put to put to use right away. Um, but the challenge, of course, from a developer like us to to do this is to make using these open source technologies as simple and as easy as possible. You know, the, the big challenge of course for anybody who's looking at open source is like okay who's going to support it what you know how am I going to secure this what are you know what are some of the gotchas and so as a as a vendor and uh, developer of technologies with these open source we try to mitigate those risks so you're still getting the benefit of of these open source capabilities but you also have somewhat of a safety net knowing that you have a vendor that uh, will support that effort
0: okay thanks Benson so Considering your, your uh, extensive background working with open source software, do you have any particular recommendations that end users should look for uh, in regard to open source software for industrial use in terms of being able to assess its general quality?
1: yeah sure you know there's there's really two approaches to ad- adopting this notion of open source in your own applications the first is hey i want to go open source cuz i want to build this thing from scratch i don't want to be encumbered by proprietary licenses i don't want to have to pay somebody a lot of money so i'm going to i'm going to pick and choose the kind of open source uh, technologies i want uh, for my given application, at that point, you know, you're, it's, there's a lot of work to do. I mean, there's uh, you, you certainly want to look at what's happening in the community. Uh, for example, you might go to SourceForge, uh, SourceForge.net, and look at uh, various open source uh, kits and tools and so on. And those might be rated by others that have used those toolkits in, you know, like a five-star rating system or something. So there's a fair amount of research uh, to make sure that the components you select are going to work together, are going to solve your problem. The second approach, of course, is to go with, uh, you know, with, say, a vendor, and certainly we were one of them, but we're not the only, uh, with a vendor that is uh, adopting and incorporating these open-source technologies then you can kind of look to the vendor and say, Well, what kind of support do they provide? Are they going to stand behind their product? Are they going to, you know, if they're using MQTT or they're using Node Red or or Linux uh, in their product? If I have a problem, can I go to them? And what does the rest of the community say about that? Now that's that's that means now a word of the developer and. And uh, also we have Terry Orchard on the line who's responsible and runs our developer.opto22.com portal where we do provide a lot of these tools and libraries for both sides. So if you want to get started on your own and write your own application and address your SCADA issues with completely open source software but need toolkits and stuff to complete the picture, uh, that's where somebody like uh, Terry will step in. And I believe he has some comments as well about you know finding out what, uh, what uh, recommendations end users should look for.
2: Yeah, certainly. Um, one of the big things that considers uh, or concerns me that I consider when I'm going to look at some software is you know, not only what kind of uh, support am I getting from the company, but what kind of uh, problems do people have when they go to use it? Or not just problems, but what kind of success stories are they having with it? What kind of projects have they you know, found, uh, found some piece of software to solve the problems that they need? And how did it work out for them? You know, there's all sorts of people that are posting in forums and blogs, personal websites, and all that sort of thing about what they've chosen to do, how they've gone about it. And that can be really eye-opening to the experience that you might have when you go to adopt that technology. And this doesn't just apply to the sort of hobbyist fiddling around. You know, a lot of these technologies, for example, MQTT can be, you know, really well used in in something like a a chat room, you know, it was, it's used in, in Facebook for their chat system, but it can also be used in industrial IO. And so there's a bit of overlap there where you can, you know, go and really get that deep understanding from the developer that's been playing with it for years and see what kind of struggles and see what kind of successes they've had and use that to drive your own development process. And that can be really eye-opening as well.
0: So... You know, we, we've had a big discussion here about open source software for industrial applications in general. So let's get a little more narrowed down into the our specific reader's question about open source software for small scale SCADA applications. So what's your take on this and what do you see is the upsides and potential downsides to this?
1: So, yeah, that's uh, I think the first thing that uh, you need to address when you're considering uh, open source for small scale SCADA is... Assess your own skills and the skills of those on your team. I mean, let's let's be clear. If you're going to take a, uh, a completely open source, you know, download a uh, SCADA software application from, you know, PyPy, the place where you can get, you know, Python uh, applications or SourceForge or a number of those that are out there, you really need to take an internal look at uh, and assess your skills uh, it, Generally speaking, if you're going to be putting these systems together on your own, you better have some domain expertise in the area of networking, uh, certainly in computing, and probably have a pretty deep understanding of operating systems and how that software will interact with that operating system. And then you also have to assess, uh, you know, your own uh, your own risk assessment in, in, sen- in the sense of you know how much wi- risk am I willing to take on in the event something doesn't work. Uh, if i can't get uh, a couple of modules to or sdks to communicate or if i encounter a security invul- vulnerability will i have somebody on my staff that uh, has a an understanding of of these technologies within that domain uh and i mean generally speaking an it domain uh can i can i uh, shoulder that risk uh and so if if you can get past all that then you know certainly that's the that's a path to take uh, now if you if you don't have that, and we see this generally speaking in in the industrial automation arena, you know most people are pretty used to you know package systems and they 're going to you know count on vendor support and and so on and that 's where you know you can you can get to a place where hey, I can take advantage of some open source technologies. But I'm not going to necessarily have to worry about staffing up my team with a, a bunch of IT domain experience, and I don't have to worry as much about uh, risk mitigation.
0: Okay. And, and as a follow-up to that, you know, because I know in, when we first started talking, you talked about how much Opto 22 uh, uses open source software within its products, such as Groove, Um I'm assuming that with a commercial product such as that, that, you put out, that it doesn't require the level of expertise and resources in a package product versus getting a piece of open software, you know, off of SourceForge.net or some of the other sources and implementing it yourself. Is that correct, or is there still certain degrees of uh, expertise required with that, even in a commercial product?
1: So there is, and it, it for us in particular um there you know if you're if you're going to use our our product let's let's go with groove epic to uh, as as a uh, as a baseline uh, it comes packaged with a lot of software on it some of it's open source some of it is uh, is proprietary um, and you pull those pieces together to address your small scale SCADA application, uh, and you know you 've got the you know the twenty two backstop if you will that if anything doesn 't work right, you know we 're going to be there to help you, but maybe you want to also dabble in this notion of open source and maybe you've got some Python scripts that you 've developed or you've got a, a piece of open source software that you 've found that uh, addresses a particular need in your SCADA application uh, it could be uh, you know, say a flow algorithm or some sort of maybe a little bit of machine learning code. Well, the beauty of the Groove Epic system is because it's based on Linux and it's based on other open source technologies. We actually offer customers an opportunity to use what's called shell access uh, to gain access to the operating system on the Epic. So you get the benefit of a of an industrial platform that's, uh, you know, again backed by a vendor. But you can also you know, entertain the, the, the idea of saying, hey, listen, I, I, I've got this really cool piece of open source software that, one, I either don't want to pay for from someone else or, two, I dreamed it up myself and we'll give you a platform to run it on. So it, you, know, you kind of get the best of both worlds, if you will. Uh, it's not quite, you know, you're not having to bring up a, say, a, an industrial PC from the ground up with the operating system and the communication interfaces and so on. That's all done for you. You just focus on the application software that you want to do. And if it's uh, some open source, terrific.
0: Let her re- Okay. So that's interesting. So like you said, it's the best of both worlds in terms of you can run it out of the box as designed without needing any certain level of expertise, or like I said, you can experiment with it. Uh, If you do have those capabilities in-house, you can then go stretch it further from there
1: exactly right and that gives you you know a lot of flexibility and if if you feel like you're going down the open source path and it's not really working out for you it's easy enough to retreat and, and get back to something that uh, you are comfortable with and I think that's that's kind of an important aspect as you, as you move forward is unless you're you're absolutely solid on the on the path that you want to take and you're you're going to go that way no matter what uh, get, having those options can be really uh, really helpful and again, help mitigate some of the risk with uh, you know embracing some of these open source technologies.
0: Okay so the reader's question was specifically about small scale scada apps in particular but do you see any reasons why open source software couldn't also be used for larger scale even global scada applications or is there some sort of a demarcation point where uh, that doesn't make the most sense?
1: There's nothing inherent in open source uh, technologies, uh, SCADA or otherwise, that would, uh, you know, that would make, I guess, a a falling over point or, as you said, a demarcation point to say, okay, at X amount of nodes or X amount of uh, controllers or, say, even uh, HMI clients or SCADA clients where this no longer makes sense. I mean, if you look at some of the uh, applications that you probably use every day uh, let's let's say uh, Facebook or or Instagram or you know a, a number of different uh, technologies that are hosted on Amazon or Google servers those are all built with open source technologies so relative to scale and capability and robustness I think you'll find that in many of the applications uh, that are out there and available uh, it really again I, you know, I'm going to re- Somewhat repeat myself. It comes down to you know what your own assessment of risk is, and that that domain expertise. In other words, who on your staff can help you scale this thing to the degree um, that you know you can still handle something if if something goes wrong. Uh, and that's what it really comes down to: is what is your team capable of? Uh, what is your your own uh, risk tolerance? And and make the decision from there. But. To answer the question specifically, there's nothing in open source that says, okay, over an X amount of uh, nodes or whatever, I've got to, you know, I've got to retreat or, or uh, you know, go with a proprietary commercial solution.
0: Okay. Well, thanks for clarifying that. So when it comes to using open source software for SCADA applications, regardless of size, small scale, global, whichever, What would be your specific recommendations for users to look for in regards to capabilities and features of the packages that they should look for to make sure that it's viable for industrial SCADA in terms of operability, specific functionalities, and, of course, cybersecurity issues as well? Yeah, that's going to
1: come down to one word, research. Uh, There's no question, the same as you might, you know, research various commercial applications for a given SCADA application, Uh, you you know, you're going to evaluate vendors, you're going to evaluate the functionality, uh, but a lot of that material is produced by those vendors and kind of gives you an opportunity to develop a matrix to make a decision on what path you want to take forward. Uh, The same holds true for for open source. However, the origin of that content is going to be in a different place. Obviously, it's not going to come from a vendor or perhaps uh, maybe even a third party who has assessed a, a vendor's capabilities. It's going to come from, you know, some pretty hard work by yourself, uh, you know, reaching out on, on forums and, and being active in the open source community and, and getting a read on what technologies are working or what kits are working. And, uh, you know, if there's there's so many that are out there. I mean, just to name a few, there's... There's Tango and Sardina and OpenSkada and, and and these are all open and is another. There's so many of these packages out there that are open source and freely available to download, and it's getting on those websites that are typically typically you know org, and getting involved in the com- community to figure out you know, which ones are are being successful, which ones are continually being supported. And that's probably a really key thing you know what what was the last activity on their forums or when was the last build made and and so on so you can you can get a feeling a, a sense of the longevity of this organization to continue to contribute and support a, a given open source package so you know a, again it still comes down to research uh, and whether that's uh, you're doing that with commercial products or whether you're taking a strictly open source approach, it's getting into you know Digging in, rolling up your sleeves, spending some time on these uh, on these forums, uh, understanding what's happening in the community, and, and trying to get, you know a, a, get a sense of uh, which one you're going to be confident will uh, help you solve your problems.
2: If I could just chime in there as well, uh, something that I think is really really important is having this close relationship with IT. You know, you really need to make sure that. Uh, everyone's on the same page and that's w- what's needed at, at every level is being met. You know, when you go to do this research, you need to know what you're looking for. You know, if, if, if certification is something that's really important to your IT team, then that needs to be really important when you're going through and you're doing this research and considering all the different options you have. Because just something as simple as saying, you know, yes, we do need certification. We do need to, to do things in a secure manner. Um, knowing that can really drive a lot of decisions. And it's very important to know that uh, before the journey even begins. And I think a lot of that comes from ke- communication that isn't always there. And so that's something definitely worth focusing on.
1: It, it, Terry brings up a great point. and And another thing that you can look at when not only embracing, uh, you know, or, or I, I should say engaging your IT team because you're going to need that domain experience to make this work. But to, to also look at who else is supporting some of these uh, open source SCADA solutions. And by that I mean, are they involved in the community at, at a level that, say, you know members of the Linux Foundation, or members of the Eclipse organization? And uh, let me speak to Eclipse for, for a moment. A lot of people who are in open source use the Eclipse workbench to build their applications. But Eclipse also manages a lot of projects. And they have a specific project area that they focus on for industrial IoT. Uh, And a couple of those is Project PAHO and also TAHU. And each of these are covering, of course, the MQTT and Sparkplug B specs. So these are open source technologies that you can freely download, build your application out, but they're backed by and managed by you know, a, an organization like Eclipse or an organization like Linux Foundation. And I think that goes also a long way to giving you some a confidence that these, these particular technologies that are managed by these organizations will have a support mechanism behind them, will have a community behind them. And to Terry's point, many times you're going to have a lot of IT involvement in those types of organizations. So uh, that means there's resources there uh, to help you through the, the, the tough spots. So the, uh, Eclipse, uh, both of these are, are uh, .orgs, and they're, uh, you can join and uh, learn more about each of these technologies and be involved in the community. And if you're choosing an open source technology, see if they're part of that, uh, that same uh, you know, ecosystem of, of like-minded developers because uh, that's going to go a long way in helping you, you know, move forward.
0: All right. Well, thank you for joining me for this podcast, Benson and Terry. And thanks to all of our listeners for joining us. And please keep watching this space for more installments of Automation World. Get your questions answered. And remember to visit our website at www.automationworld.com to stay on top of the latest industrial automation technology insights, trends, and news.